0: College basketball tournaments are back, and so are Brackets. Get comfy on your couch, turn off that Zoom camera, and sign up for your men's and women's USA Today sports bracket. Register at brackets.usatoday.com. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna. Yeah,
1: Trent's whole thing is when when he's healthy, in shape, and ready to go, he's as dominant as any tackle in football. And he proved that early in the 2019 season. Since then, it's been kind of a roller coaster. So really what he needs to do, I think more than anything,
2: is get himself in the best shape of his life and come out ready to prove that he is a dominant tackle in the National Football League. And, and really, that's all it takes. If,
1: if, if Trent gets in shape and stays committed, there's, there's not a better talent out there.
2: Well, there's Raiders general manager Mike Mayock talking about Trent Brown not so long ago, Henry. Mike Mayock was talking about Trent Brown. Really sounds like he loves the player, right? Anyone who will listen, Mike Mayock wanted to let them know that Trent Brown comes in out of shape and doesn't always try that hard ever since he got his contract with the Raiders, that big deal he got after helping the Patriots win the Super Bowl. And I got to be honest, I didn't think it was a great look that he left the Patriots at free agency for a big contract with the Raiders, and then he didn't really play great football over there, missed a lot of time over the past two seasons. The Raiders are obviously sick of his act, and well, now Trent Brown is back with the Patriots via trade. Kind of funny how that all works out. And the Patriots Wire podcast is back. Henry, how you been? It's good to be back uh, talking Patriots football with you.
1: Yeah, we are back. You can't see me right now, but I'm like hands up, touchdown formation, you know. Um it's, it's, good, I'm to be stoked. Back,
0: man. it's good. Yeah, it's good. To yeah,
1: be back. I hope I hope fans are, are pumped to uh to get a listen in on us and uh, it's good that this is like the perfect time honestly to resume the podcast because at least it seems there should be a lot to talk about over the next few months. Usually the offseason is kind of quiet for the Patriots, but they're 7-9. They have the 15th overall pick, and they have a very considerable amount of cap space. So there should be a lot happening. Um, and even like over the last 36 hours, like you said, we saw the Trent Brown trade. We saw Nikhil Harry is drawing trade interest around the NFL. So things are happening. It feels like... It feels like it could be a busy, you know, 10 days with free agency looming.
2: Oh, it's going to be crazy. We're going to get to Monday and Tuesday, which is that tampering period that I I think the NFL just created for Adam Schefter to break all the news for us, (laughs) to tell us where all the free agents are going. And I'm sure the Patriots are going to be in on that because, as you were just saying, they have $64.5 million of cap space. We're going to get into that. And one reason that Belichick and the Pats have so much cap space, Henry, is because I think Brown had to restructure his deal just to come to New England. So that's just, that just kind of shows you why Belichick's just been in cost-saving mode while there's so many other teams out there that seem to be up against the cap. That's not the case for the Patriots. But I want to get your take on old friend Trent Brown coming back. And what it means and I was reading one of your stories on the Patriots wire and it almost is like why would Trent Brown be coming back what would that signal well maybe that'd be a thing for a new quarterback who might want to come and play behind a really good offensive line right so first of all how do you feel about Trent Brown coming back and is he bait Henry for a really good quarterback
1: yeah I think there's a trickle-down effect uh at multiple positions with Trent Brown so he shows up and you played that Mayock clip where he talks about motivation well Trump Brown's going to be a free agency in 2022. He's on a one-year deal. His deal is incentivized. So he has two big reasons to play well, which is, one, he's going to get more money in 2021 if he plays well, um, assuming those incentives are tied to you know, play time or whatever, and they will be, obviously. And then in 2022, he's going to hit the market, and everyone's going to be looking at his film again. And sort of like when Jamie Collins left and came back, uh, a one-year film with the Patriots can really make you a lot of money. You can go from making the veteran minimum to making, you know, top of your position dollars. It can really sort of re- rejuvenate uh, your your playing level and recuperate your earning power. So he's set to make about 11, up to eleven million. It's it has not yet been reported how that money is going to get paid out um, in terms of incentives and what's base and what's guaranteed and all that. But regardless, I like uh, that deal. Um, I imagine 11 million is—he probably won't make all 11, but even if he does, um, I think that's that's a good spot to invest. A a very motivated player who, when motivated, is one of the best players at his position. So that's a good situation at a position that's as important as tackle. Uh, So then you look at the rest of the tackle position. You've got Isaiah Wynn, a guy who's missed 30 games in three seasons. That's at left tackle, and then at right, you've got Marcus Cannon, who's a nine million dollar cap hit. If you cut him or trade him, you save seven million. So let's say they do cut or trade Marcus Cannon, that basically like offsets the cost of Trent Brown, right, of acquiring him. Um, aside from the the picks that the the pick swap that that they did, um, which was Patriots gave up a fifth and the Raiders gave back a seventh so they fell two rounds the Patriots did um so all in all that looks honestly like a really great deal the, the Patriots could ask Cannon to take a pay cut um, because they have leverage through Brown they could just cut Cannon and make Brown the sort of imminent starter but either way having three tackles is good having ch- um three tackles that are all sort of like paid under market which a Cannon may end up being that's good and then like, like you were alluding to, when you have three tackles, three starting tackles, um, it just looks good for free agents. And the Patriots need that. They need to start building sort of their, their profile. Um, after last season, it looked like they didn't do enough to support Cam Newton. They have to start looking like they can support a quarterback not named Tom Brady. And uh, getting a tackle that's available is a good start getting some receivers um emmanuel sanders got cut today golden tate got cut a week ago um so th- that's i mean those guys aren't, aren't going to cost that john brown is another guy who got cut those guys aren't going to cost that much money and yes you know the patriots should pursue one of these big name free agents like corey corey davis or curtis samuel um tight ends hunter henry john O smith Uh, But picking away at these free agents that are like basically already available, that could set you up to get a guy like Cam Newton for a very low, low deal. Uh, Or even, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut and the Patriots have a bunch of skill players in place and a really good offensive line, of course, he's going to want to come back to New England uh, and, and enjoy that sort of reunion trip. So Trent Brown is like, it's, it's probably not a deal that everybody got stoked on right away, but it's a, it's one that I think is sort of signals, you know, Hey, more is coming.
2: Well, I like how you mentioned Cam Newton, because I think, and I've been joking with you off air about how I think it seems like everyone in new England would be upset if Cam Newton is back and they have to watch that offense again that we watched last year, uh, except for. Henry McKenna, you'd be fine with it. You actually think that uh, it would just the Patriots would be just fine to bring back Cam Newton on um, on a short money deal. And it seems like looking at the reports doesn't sound like the Patriots are thrilled about the prospect of Mitchell Trubisky or Alex Smith or Ryan Fitzpatrick or even a reunion with Jacoby Brissett. Maybe there, there's that distant dream about Jimmy G, but there's still a lot that has to happen for that thing to come together. The 49ers would have to find someone better than Jimmy G. We haven't spoken in a couple months, and it does feel like the most logical solution here is the guy that was here last year, the guy that the team likes, the players like. I think the coaches like the way Cam led the team. As you've been kind of predicting all along, Henry, in your reporting and on the podcast la- you know, last year we were talking about it, it does seem like the most logical solution is to go back to Cam Newton. Is that still what you're thinking?
1: You have to, co- yes. Uh, I'll say yes first. And then I think you have to look at the points of comparison. So Ryan Fitzpatrick will probably cost about the same or a little bit more. He ran the offense that the Patriots run for a year in 2019 when, um, shadow Shay was the offensive coordinator. He got fired at the end of 2019 because he was running an offense. That's too complicated to teach young quarterbacks. And that was the Patriots offense. So, um, but Fitzpatrick ran it pretty well. And as people probably remember, in week 17, the Dolphins upset the Patriots. The Patriots tumbled down the playoff standings. They faced the Titans. Tom Brady threw an interception on his final throw. That moment, surely, that Ryan Fitzpatrick delivered is probably living in Belichick's mind to a, to a degree. Um, so he's a target that I, you know I'm starting to take more seriously. You suggested him, like, three months ago. And I was like, no, no way. (laughs) But I don't know. After thinking more about that, that year in, in a Patriots like system, I've started to be more open to it. And then um, I I don't know. Tyrod Taylor is, is another like low budget option, but, but thinking about those two guys versus cam, I just, you know, who, who do players want to play with? in the NFL right now. I mean, it's it's Cam Newton, right? Like, I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick commands as much like love. I mean, reporters think it's hilarious because everybody tweets out that ridiculous picture of him, um, at the Buccaneers press conference where he had like those gold necklaces and, uh, (laughs) that big beard. And it was just sort of an iconic moment, but cam is cam has swag. Cam has leadership. Cam is draws respect. He's got tremendous work ethic. Like he just, he, he's he's got a big persona and and players like playing with him um so you, if you get cam back on another budget deal it's kind of a no-brainer and then it gives you some time to think because i don't think their free agency market it provides much in the way of better options than cam and then um you're not going to see what shakes loose from the quarterback carousel until the draft when the Jets might draft a quarterback and trade Sam Darnold. Uh, If Darnold goes to somewhere like, I don't know, San Francisco, then Garoppolo comes free. Or um, even like if Houston decides at the last second they want to trade Deshaun Watson, and the Patriots can get in on that. Uh, Or if Houston trades Deshaun to the Dolphins and the Dolphins want to get rid of Tua, uh, that could be interesting. But all of these things are going to not happen until the draft in May. And you can't wait that long to see what shakes free of the tree because, let's say it is Tua, and let's say Belichick doesn't actually like Tua at all, and he's the only quarterback left, you don't want to find yourself in the situation where you like have to draft a quarterback, you have to pick up Tua, and then you have to figure out of you know Kellen Mond, the Texas A&M guy, Tua and Jarrett Stidham, you're kind of just like, well, we'll see what happens here. Maybe we'll sign Alex Smith. Like, that's just not a situation you want to get into. So you pick Cam Newton, you sign him for a good deal, and then you see what shakes loose and hope that something, whether it's drafting a guy high or uh, picking up a guy that kind of gets left to the wayside after someone else gets drafted high, think it could all work out. For the Patriots But you just can't get into the waiting game That's where I think it would get a little treacherous for New England
2: Good stuff is always right there from Henry And coming up next we're going to think big picture What free agency could look like for the Patriots Bill Belichick in his big purse of cash Lots of money to spend Bill So uh, I'm interested to see what Bill's going to do He's got to have something up his sleeve here We'll talk about what the Patriots might be up to Coming up next All right, Henry. So the Patriots have the third most cap space in the league. It's behind the Jaguars and the uh, Jets. Well, it's not great company to keep, but this is where we're at now, <laughs> in New England. And uh, so now it's what are they going to do with it? And as you were talking about, there's big names all over the place. Now, I had not even considered Manny Sanders yet, but if he's out there, I know he's a guy the Patriots have have wanted in the past. I think they were at least in on a trade talk for him. Didn't they try to sign him to a a tender sheet before? They tried to steal him from the Steelers. It didn't work out, though. Uh, Manny Sanders is interesting. Golden Tate's interesting. You you mentioned Curtis Samuel. I think they were in on Adam Humphreys from the Titans. He's out there. Juju Smith-Schuster is out there. I kind of like that player. There is just a ton of freaking receivers out there. And tight end's pretty deep. Hunter Henry. I heard some speculation about Kyle Rudolph maybe... Having some interest, you got Johnny Smith as you mentioned. I would be obsessed if the Patriots went out and traded for like a Zach Ertz. Like, yes, please, I'm in on that one. So there are just names galore out there, and the Patriots have the third most cap space. So what are they gonna do, right? And predicting this is gonna be really, really difficult. But where are they splashing? Do you think it's at wide receiver, tight end? You think maybe linebacker stealing Matt Milano from the Bills? I'm all in on that thing. Like, what do you think? Where do you think they splash, Henry?
1: I think this is like the this is the most fun podcast of the season because Seriously. I used to play Madden like just like BGM every off season <laughs> and then just build a team that was so good that I could simulate every game and just win the Super Bowl. There it is. Um so I always think that this part of the year is super fun and the Patriots are in like an unbelievably strong position because like you said they're their third most cap space in the NFL but that doesn't like aptly sum up how powerful their position is because so many teams are actually under the cap. so everyone's cutting their players incessantly to try and get under the cap. Um, and then once they get there, they're not going to have much money to spend on this massive pool of free agents bigger than you know anyone in you know recent memory so yeah. if if the mar- if the market's flooded with options, and the buyers are really not there, showing up to pay. Um, if you're, you know, big money in that pool, you can just like pick pick it, whoever you want and make your really low budget bid. I mean, it's simple economics, right? Like Bill Belichick must demand. be
2: loving this, Henry. This is like Bill yeah. Belichick's dream. This it is, is, is total... unreal.
1: Yeah, and I I spoke to Bill about this at the trade deadline. I, I saw this. I mean, I've seen this coming. Since last year when the pandemic hit, um, I I had been talking about how, you know, the cap chaos was going to happen. That's what we're seeing right now. But then also, I've been talking specifically about how the Patriots would be set up for success. And that's how it's panned out. So I talked to Bill at the trade deadline. I said, Bill, you know, you know, is it possible that you guys are basically inactive because, you know, you're you're in a tough position to finish the year? And you have a really huge opportunity this summer when, or I guess it's spring, right? Um, When the free agency rolls around and everyone's under the cap, but you have 60 million in space. So, uh, and he said, yeah, that's something that we'll consider as we go into the deadline. And guess what? They did nothing at the deadline except acquire Isaiah Ford, which really came to nothing.
2: Which they mocked on our podcast. We're like, ooh, Isaiah Ford, you know?
1: Right, exactly. So, so it it can't be understated how, uh, big this, how big of players the Patriots can be in free agency. And like knowing Belichick, he set himself up for this like amazing free agency and he'll just do nothing. Uh, Like, I don't, I mean... He's got to spend the
2: money. He can't keep it. He's got to do something with it. He's got to. Yeah.
1: Well, you can keep some of it, right? Because it'll roll into next year. Sure. But But we've never heard of someone rolling
2: over, yeah. We've never heard of, like, rolling over $30 or something like that. Right.
1: right. Yeah, it would just be a little crazy. I mean, the Colts do that sometimes. But, um, so anyway, where should they target? Well, I think uh, the fact that there are reports that Nikhil Harry's on the trade market makes me think, that maybe they're ready to go in on a one or two of these receivers. Cause if, if if the Patriots are going to add a receiver or two or three even, I could see three receivers coming in because a guy like Sanders and a guy like Tate won't cost much. A guy like John Brown, those three would be like pretty cheap. And then you spend big on Juju or you spend big on Corey Davis or you spend big on Curtis Samuel. And all of a sudden you've got um, you know one one guy that's your absolute wide receiver one, one guy that's your kind of wide receiver two or three, and then you got Julian Edelman and Jacoby Myers. So that's four guys that Nikhil Harry are not going to surpass on the depth chart. That means Nikhil Harry's not going to play. Yeah. So what are you going to do with him, right?
2: Make him Just, a tight end or trade I mean, him. <laughs> yeah,
1: so you're going to trade him before you get into that position because once you put him in, bury him under the depth chart, nobody's going to give you anything. Now, obviously, it doesn't seem like anyone's willing to pay much for him now, anyway. But uh, before the market sort of disappears to nothing, um, maybe the Patriots would be willing to sell, sell on whatever's left of his stock. So um, I think I think receiver is is an ob- obvious one. I just I don't know why, but a part of me thinks that. Belichick's not going to spend big on Hunter Henry or John Smith just because, like, you know, we just, we've, it, it makes too much sense almost. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's he's going to do something a little different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but Hunter Henry, make, like I just said, it makes a ton of sense. Pay big on him because he is that good of a player at his position. And John Smith is really just right up there with him. Um, just both really good athletes, really good at creating separation and would be a very big addition to this offense, which has been so sorely lacking talent since Rob Gronkowski's retirement slash trade. Um, so I like those two spots, but then, you know, Belichick's always thinking about the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, if he, if he's considering trading Stefan Gilmore, maybe they go after a guy like Malcolm Butler or uh, a really good cornerback to to sort of like swap out uh, Gilmore for for someone else, and then um, I think linebacker is going to be a big position that they target, especially sort of the interior, someone that can be, you know, lighting up alongside Dante Hightower, and then maybe if Hightower retires at the end of twenty twenty one, they've got you know the next guy already in place, and then finally defensive tackle Um, I think that they're they're starting to develop edge players Chase Winovich and Josh Uche um but but the, the defensive tackle spots a spot that they need um Bo Allen missed all of last year with an injury he'll be back but Lawrence Guy is a pending free agent he's been so important to them and Adam Butler is a pending free agent has been also enormously important so I think Butler's probably as good as gone honestly and um I think Lawrence guy is, is more reasonable to expect to stick around, but less reasonable to expect to play at a high level because on the older side. So they need to get someone in there uh, in the middle of that defense that the, the defense was really bad last year. So, you know, Belichick wants to put a bunch of money into that, that group, which position it's sort of unclear, but yeah. I think there will be a big splash on both sides of the ball, probably.
2: That's going to be so fun to see how it plays out. And by this time next week, I'm sure there'll be moves that have been made. Belichick, is when he splashes, he tends to splash right at the start of free agency, right? He did that with Stefan Gilmore. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I don't know. It's just good to be talking Pats football again with you, Henry. I, I, we were texting this week in anticipation like it was our first day of school, like we were little kids. like We were, we were excited to be back. So uh, it's, good to, it's good to be here and you uh, break this stuff down again, my man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Always good to to get back on the phone with you and talk Pat's football. And uh, should be a really cool week. I mean, I think Patriots fans, we they just haven't been in this position for a long time. Where it's different, you know, seven and nine, and sadly, it's not a great position. I hate to be like we're on a high note, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna sneak a punch the gut to Patriots fans. But it's like. It's actually ironically not a great position to be in where you're like all this cap money, I'm like hoping that like maybe the free agency market will come to you and be good because obviously building in free agency isn't always the best path to success, but you know Bill Belichick's pretty good at personnel evalu- personnel evaluation, so I think there's reason to be optimistic.
2: No, I don't know how it happened. We turned into the freaking Jaguars all of a sudden. So that that's what happened overnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it's all good. It's good to be back. For Henry McKenna, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. The Pats are going to make plenty of moves, I'm sure, over the next six, seven days. And we'll be back to break it down. Can't wait. We'll talk to you all then.